right. Welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcasts of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can. All right, welcome to another episode of Farming Assets. And so today's article we're going to go through is from Accounting Today. Accounting Today. This was an article written on August 12th by Mark Cohen. Lawmakers trade accusations over IRS hiring auditors. All right. So again, as you know, this channel, this podcast is really designed for you as a business owner, a potential business owner to just, we're just trying to weed through the BS, just trying to weed through, read between the lines of information that's being fed to us. And like the game, when you want to call BS, you call BS. And that's what our goal is, is trying to help you and I to understand what is really being talked about and discussed that affects us. If you if you haven't read my book, Economic Termites, I talk about taxes, inflation, time, and laws and regulations as those termites that eat away at our wealth. Laws and regulations are our politicians. So now the lawmakers are trading accu- accusations over the IRS hiring auditors. I don't know what this means, so let's let's dive into this and see what it really means. If you're a subscriber, thank you so much for subscribing. If you haven't subscribed yet, feel free to take this opportunity to subscribe, or let's go through this article and figure out, is this content, is this information you want to know more about? And then you can subscribe at that point. So Let's 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 get into this. Let's start reading. So the Inflation Reduction Act includes an extra $80 billion, which was a big deal. Now, remember, this is over 10 years. This funding for the IRS is over a 10-year period. Republicans and Democrats have been sparring over whether those funds will be used to audit low-income and middle-class taxpayers. Now, the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, sent a letter Wednesday to IRS Commissioner Charles Reddick calling on him not to use the funds for auditing taxpayers who earn $400,000 per year or under $400,000 per year. Instead, she wants the IRS to use the extra money to improve taxpayer service, modernize outdated technological infrastructure, and increase equity in the tax system by enforcing the tax laws against high earners, large corporations, and complex partnerships who don't pay what they owe. Now, one of the things that I look at things like high earners, what's considered a high earner? There's a lot of people around the country who would consider anywhere from 150 to 400,000 per year as high earner. So what is high earner? Because they're saying not to audit people under 400000 but there's, again, a lot of people who will consider that as a high-earning income. Now, if you're in New York or Washington, D.C. or uh, parts of uh, California, that may not seem like a lot of money. But around the rest of the country, it kind of does. What's a large corporation? Are you talking about corporations that are public corporations or like Amazon, where they showed as a public company, they've lost they lost money every year for 20, 20 some years. Is that a large corporation? What's a large corporation? What's a complex partnership? What is that? What, what do they owe? Partnerships actually don't pay taxes. 
They're considered pass-through entities, means the, the partners of the partnership pay taxes. So partnerships actually don't owe taxes. The partners do. So specific, let's continue on. So specifically, I direct that any additional resources, including any new personnel or auditors that are hired, shall not be used to increase the share of small business or household below 400,000 threshold that are audited relative to historic levels, Yellen wrote. This means that contrary to the misinformation from opponents of this legislation, small business or households earning 400,000 per year or less will not see an increase in the chances that they are audited. Redding sent a letter of his own last week saying the money wouldn't be used for audits of taxpayers who earn less than 400000 Quote, these resources are absolutely not about increasing audit scrutiny on small business or middle-income Americans, he wrote. Quote, as we have been planning, our investment of these enforcement resources designed around the Department of Treasury is directive that audit rates will not rise relative recent years for households making under 400000 Other resources will be invested in employees and IT systems that will allow us to better serve all taxpayers, including small businesses and middle-income taxpayers. Enhanced IT systems and taxpayer services will actually mean that honest taxpayers will be able to comply with the tax laws, resulting in lower likelihood of being audited and reduced burden on them. So, end quote. However, he defended the ability to use the funds for audits of corporations and high-income taxpayers. Quote, large corporate and high net worth taxpayers often engage teams of sophisticated representatives who pursue unsettled or sometimes questionable interpretation of tax law. The integrity and fairness of our tax administrative system relies upon the ability of our agency to maintain a strong, visible, robust enforcement presence directed to these and other similarly situated taxpayers when they are non-compliant. These important efforts also support honest taxpayers who voluntarily comply with their filings and reporting requirements. All right. So are they saying you're not allowed to hire sophisticated representatives? They want you to hire dumb people so you overpay in taxes. I'm not sure what it's saying here. It does seem like they want to go after large corporations and high net worth taxpayers who have the means to hire professionals who know the tax code, whether they're tax law attorneys, CPAs that um, specialize in tax planning and tax law, a lot of really smart people out there. And the interpretation of tax law, the interpretations of tax law is not necessarily questionable. It's pretty black and white. It So what ends up coming down to the situation is that the IRS and the sophisticated, quote unquote, sophisticated representatives debate on what the definition of the law means. And this is one of the tough things for the IRS. I will come to their defense in this situation where when tax law is changed, Congress passes the government, the lawmakers pass a law, a tax change, or a law that affects tax change. 
It's the IRS's job to interpret what that means and to enforce that according to the Department of Treasury. So a lot of times the IRS also doesn't know what the interpretation or what the the motivation or the understanding of the law that just got passed means as well. So it's through these areas of sophisticated representatives that actually help the IRS, the service, to understand how the law should be interpreted. That's the whole point. Now, then if it goes to tax court, it goes to tax court. And if it goes to uh, what happens if the IRS spends all this time and the and the judge in tax court actually sides with not the IRS, but the the defendant, it would be in this situation, defending their interpretation of the law. Then the IRS basically lost all that time and energy and money in trying to interpret the law, where some of these representatives can actually help interpret law. So anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself or just taking a side road here. Republicans contend the bill would nevertheless lead to more audits of low-income taxpayers. It's clear that the president, the IRS, and the secretary of treasury are scrambling to protest that they are not going to increase audits on people making less than 400000 said Senator Mike uh, Crapo, uh, a Republican of Idaho. The ranking Republican on the Senate Finance Committee in a statement Friday said, quote, however, when given the opportunity to vote on the Senate floor and put into binding statute that increased funds could not be used to increase audits on those making less than 400000 per year, every single Democrat senator voted no. When I offered my amendment to simply make it clear that the $80 billion being given to the IRS six times its current annual budget would not be utilized to audit people making less than 400000 The most they would agree to was to say they did not intend, quote, to audit them. That's because they know from the analysis of the Joint Committee on Taxation that most unreported income occurs among taxpayers earning less than 200000 per year. And from the Congressional Budget Office that they cannot collect $200 billion they are claiming without auditing people making less than 400000 if they truly do not intend to audit anyone making less than 400000 then they would have supported my amendment during intent into binding statute. I agree with that, but I also understand that the left, the Democrats, can also change their mind in this situation because they're they're all running for political offices as well. And they can see how their constituents would be pretty upset about being audited with all these IRS agents being hired. I can see that there'd be backlash and they, they're backpedaling. So I can I can see that. I'm not defending the Democrats. But what I am saying is that they could have taken a U-turn, so to speak. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they believe in not auditing people that are less than 400,000. So let's see. As lawmakers in the House debate the package Friday, House Minority Whip Steve Calisa, a Republican of Louisiana, also pointed to the Congressional Budget Office report, which had been released that morning. There's going to be an army of 87,000 IRS agents going after low-income people, he said, on the floor of the House. And in fact, the smoking gun came out this morning. They don't have the full CBO, Congressional Budget Office, report on this bill. You heard the old adage, you've got to pass the bill to find out what's in it. 
That's what they're doing today. That's why they're rushing this bill through today. It doesn't even have a review from the Congressional Budget Office. But just a few hours ago, we got this confirmation that the IRS agents will be getting about $200 billion in new taxes from the people making less than $400,000. That's right. The CBO just confirmed it a few hours ago. So President Biden, who made that promise multiple times that if you make under 400000 don't worry, your taxes don't go up. This bill breaks President Biden's promise. It's confirmed by the CBO, and there was an amendment to stop it from happening, and every Democrat voted against it. Democrats and fact-checkers have pointed out that 87,000 IRS agents' failure to is misleading. It was based on a 2021 Treasury Department report estimating that 80, $78 billion in funding would enable the IRS to hire approximately 87,000 employees by 2031. But most of those jobs would be IRS agents and auditors. Much of the funding would instead go to four employees who could help the taxpayer servicing technology upgrades, while many of them would just be replacing and retiring employees. Now, I personally, when I first saw all this coming out and heard this, I was up in arms that they're going to hire 87,000 uh, IRS agents. I actually don't think they're going to. I don't, I don't think that was the motivation at all. And I actually don't think they're going to be uh, hiring 87,000 employees. I don't see there being that many people who are going to want to work for the IRS. Now, if you're working for the IRS and you're you're fielding calls or doing paperwork, opening mail, scanning stuff, you're an IT person in the IRS, I can see that happening. But I don't see a lot of Americans willing to be on the front line, so to speak, especially when they start telling people that or training certain agents that they're allowed to carry guns and train them on gun. I, I actually don't see a lot of a lot of Americans doing that. I just don't. Now I could be wrong. I could I could be mis misinformed of how the how the American population is, and I just don't see that happening. And I think these are a lot of numbers that both sides of the aisles are throwing around to defend their their positions, so to speak. But what's this mean to you and I? Well, I think what this means to you and I is that we just got to keep doing what we're doing. We still got to use sophisticated. I'm using air quotes representatives. We still have to hire people that are that are well versed or understand the translation or the dialect of what the tax code's motivation is trying to communicate to us. It's really not that difficult. And so when we're working with our clients, it's very simple. There's a lot of education involved in understanding the the business of government, and that's what it is. It's a business of government, and the IRS is a a collector, no different than if you're a business and you're trying to collect invoices. You have accounts, what receivables. And if you're having a difficult time receiving your accounts receivables, what do you do? You'll hire somebody to come and do that. And that's what the IRS does. The IRS are designed to gather or collect accounts receivables based on what you and I as taxpayers do. You and I are you and I are assets to the government. We create income to the government and that's our tax revenue. Pretty simple, just like any other business. The government's business is assets, you and I. Their business is to grow the GDP. That's what you and I do. Our job in our business is to grow our revenue. That's what GDP is for the government. So the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget pointed out that the $80 billion in addition to IRS funding 
$46 billion would be used for enforcement, $25 billion for operations, $5 billion for business systems, and $3 billion to improve taxpayer services with the remaining funding going towards administrative support to supplement annual IRS appropriations. However, Republicans have contended that the IRS will be targeting middle-class Walmart shoppers. Um, yesterday, House Democrats insisted there are no new IRS agents funded in this bill, said Kevin Brady, uh, representative of Texas, the ranking Republican on the House Ways and Means Committee during the debate Friday. Read their lips. No new IRS agents. They say it's all fear mongering and they're just hiring replacements. Unfortunately, the fact is the IRS budget already budgets for those who are leaving through attrition. And the Treasury Department itself outlines the next decade of adding 87,000 new IRS agents. That's what this bill unleashes. Now here, let's look at 87,000. Okay, that's 8,700 new employees a year. Okay, this is over a 10-year period, mind you. Okay, so that's 8,700 employees a year. Okay, now when you look at the, the United States population and the increase in population, you look at taxpayers increasing, there is a need. Now, I will say the IRS does have to do a better job of their technology, but at the end of the day, it's it, what's also important is that there are certain aspects of the IRS that I think need to stay. For example, I believe the IRS should only communicate to taxpayers through the the mail system. Why? Because it's very difficult to hack the mail system. And the, the amount of emails we get on a daily basis is crazy. Phone calls, we block phone calls. The U.S. mail system, when you see the IRS name on the envelope, it creates fear. <laughs> no different than when you see junk mail, it creates annoyance right? There's an emotional connection to that way. And I believe that the IRS should only use the form of old school postal service communication with you and I as taxpayers. That, that's my own opinion. Okay. Now, does it have to be the way the U.S. postal system is des- designed today? No. No, they can work with it. You know, I still believe and in contention that at some point Amazon will will be the new postal service where Amazon will deliver mail. Why? Why do I say that? Because they're at your door every week already. It, it just makes sense for Amazon to deliver mail. They're at your door when you think about it. Just plain and simple. And and that's I I believe that if you want to do things overnight, you could choose FedEx or UPS. Uh, but the rest of the mail system really should go through some sort of Amazon or an affiliate of the UPS and the and FedEx. I don't think the U.S. Postal Service should be a government entity any longer. Doesn't make revenue. It drains uh, resources, and it's very easy to privatize that. And a private company like UPS, FedEx, even Amazon will do a better job of managing the money than would the current U.S. Postal Service. That's for another different conversation. That's not for this conversation here. But I do want to put in my two cents on this because I do believe that the use of technology for the IRS is important. But at the end of the day, I also feel like the IRS has more data on you and I than most entities. And so if the IRS gets hacked, which it has before, that's our information, uh, taxpayer information. That should be under lock and key. And so it's, I don't recall anybody breaking into offices anymore and stealing files. 
out of filing cabinets. So it doesn't happen anymore. Where do they have, where do they steal online? And so I think the government has the responsibility to protect our information. And, and that's my per- personal opinion. Um, I can keep going on and on about uh, this article. It's a lot of the both sides of the aisle throwing accusations. You can get access to this. Well, you, actually you can't unless you, you're a member of accounting today. But it, it, it is an interesting conversation. And, th- and there'll be more conversation on this as the time goes by because this is political, right? This, we don't talk about social security anymore because it's it's too volatile. Taxes are a conversation and, and how it affects you and I as taxpayers is very important, especially as business owners and, and taxpayers. The majority of people that are probably listening to this don't make over 400000 majority of them probably make between one hundred and fifty to 400000 a year, which is a great, successful, hardworking earning for a single person or a married couple. Okay. And so we need to keep a lot of that money. Okay. If you're making 400,000 a year married filing joint in the tax system, you're paying a 32% tax rate federally. And if you're in another state that has state taxes, you have taxes on top of that as well. So, you know, that's where the majority of tax revenue is coming from with the United States. But again, you make less than 200,000. Those, those folks tend to not hire CPAs. Not all of them, but most of them tend to try to do their taxes on their own or whatever. And then there's a lot of mistakes and issues. And that's what the IRS is examining, okay, in their audits. They're examining the information. So anyways, hopefully you enjoyed this exciting conversation about taxes. But this affects you and I. It's this is really important. This is an expense that we carry on a on a day-to-day basis. And we need to be aware of this information and, and what it means for you and I. So once again, my name is Robert Wolf, and you're listening to Farming Assets. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right. Welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcast of Farming Assets. If you joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can. 